Primal Kitchen hot sauce. Yeah, I love Primal Kitchen. Their brand is great. It's so good. I've never tried their mayonnaise because I refuse to pay $8 for Mm. a four-inch tub of mayo. Yeah. I... Their sauces are already expensive, so I just kind of bite the bullet. I don't even know if I – this is so bad, but, like, I don't even look at the price because so I, it just means more to me to have something that's, like, better quality, you know? I hear you. I have a hard time looking at the price tag, too. Whenever I shop with Vito, he's like, you really don't look at the price tags, do you? I'm like, what price tags are you talking about? Is there some? I didn't notice them. Yeah, same. So, like, we started using the same, or everything goes on one credit card now. So, Chad sees like all of my spending, and I'm sure he's pat- casting mad judgment on my spending. He's made comments. Sorry, Chad. Sorry, I know. Chad. I'm like, it really, I could have other vices, and it's really not even like, I don't think it's that bad. We're going no. on, we leave for a wedding tomorrow and i needed to get like a clutch for my outfit like i don't yeah i don't have anything to like it doesn't work that way right so i need a clutch i need to choose because the dress like the jumpsuit that i have is super tall or like super long on me and i need platform shoes to be able to wear it so i had to order shoes Mm -hmm. i ordered a couple of earrings um a bracelet like just these things that did add up yeah and of course he was like, I should really be managing your money. I'm like, listen, we're good. Like the the account looks fine. There, everything's okay. We're fine. There's no problem here. I can't yes. go to an event with a dress that's not new. And I wish I wasn't like that. I I'm getting I'm better sure. about it. I think that I'll get better soon. Just not now. Like this wedding, I wanted to wear black and I really don't own like a nice black dress. Mm-hmm. So I got this jumpsuit. This I would wear this jumpsuit that again to another wedding. Yeah. You said I want a dress, so I got a jumpsuit. Well, I couldn't find any dresses that were like black dresses that were cute. I ordered two. Like I ordered three different ones. I've returned all of them. So, but yeah. Out of the two dresses that I got, like, they, I don't know, they just weren't my style and weren't very classy. I am not someone who can wear lace. Like, I think lace, on me personally, looks very tacky. I think it's because we have a bit of curve. You think? You know what I'm saying? I feel like, even though, like, I don't even have a bigger bust anymore, however, I still feel like a as soon as I put lace on, I, it just doesn't look as good on me as it does other people. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, what? No, go ahead. I was going to say it's that theory with red or pink lipstick. Like, either you wear the lipstick or the lipstick wears you. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have the confidence behind it. Maybe that's it. Yeah, it could be that, but I I agree with you. Like, I liked the top half of the dress on me, but the bottom half, like on my hips, it just and it could have been the style of dress. It was a it's a mermaid style, so it just I those don't. are hard. Those are hard for sure. Yeah. 
And I think I'm learning with also with like wedding guest dresses is definitely picking ones that are more, are very, you know, I like the style of them, but they also are comfortable. And that's right. something that I feel confident in. Because sometimes I buy these like bodycon dresses and I'm not saying that I can't wear them, but I just don't feel my most confident in them. And I'm like, why do I keep buying these dresses that I don't end up wearing? Or when I do wear them, I feel like insecure. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I uh, like for my friend's wedding that I was in two years ago, I was in just this. The dress was pretty itself. It was for my uh, uh, when I was a bridesmaid. <clears throat> and it just the whole feeling of it. I just felt uh, terrible and I had such a bad time. And it was basically when you feel not your best, you're not going to be able to dance. Just like when I bought crap shoes for your wedding and I forgot to change out of them and I couldn't dance because my feet hurt so bad. And Vito's like, take off your shoes. And I look around and everybody has their shoes off, but the back, the bottom of their feet were black. And I was like, that's not going to be me, honey. Oh, I took off my shoes. <laughs> Everybody did. I wasn't drunk because I was pregnant. You were pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. If I was drunk, I would have taken them off. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. What else do you have to update me on? I was going to talk about a couple of things. Nothing Go crazy. I have nothing. Fall is in full swing at my house. We have fall candles that are lit. We are watching Gilmore Girls, which you need to watch. I just purchased. So last year, I refused to buy the Birkenstock clogs. You know, the ones that if you are our age or older was wearing um, probably in 2006. Uh, you know, do you know the clogs that I'm talking about, Miranda? I don't. I'm looking them up. Birkenstock okay. clogs. They look yes, like they look like you would wear them. Oh fuck no! <laughs> Those are in right now. They were last year. Okay, if you you know what I'm talking, Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, Ooh. Birkenstock clogs. They were in style last year, and they're still in style this year. And last year, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I wore these when I was twelve year twelve or thirteen. They're like, and they were in style and I'm like, I refuse to wear that again. Like I, you know, I had my time wearing it. And then I was like, hmm, <laughs> in the last couple of days, I was like, these are paired pretty cute with other stuff. And they're like, you know, the slip on shoes that I wear all the time. So I bit the bullet and I got a dupes on Amazon and they're pretty cute. I will say. Yeah, I'm sure they're very lovely. This is you so think they're ugly? Uh, well, this is the first one that popped up, and I'm going to show Rachel my screen here. The claw. Okay, that that's not what I bought. <laughs> Those are they're chunky, and I, I love a chunky heel. And that's not my chunky heel. I'm sorry. No. Mm -mm. If I can't add two inches to my body, I'm like height. I'm mm -hmm. not about it. Yeah, so I'm not this. I'm not that way. I'd rather be short. I want to be a five seven queen. <laughs> Miranda, you are a five seven queen in in spirit. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, these, I, was there anything else you wanted to say? No, you're good. You can get into it. So when, when I went to see my allergist, uh, he first of all sucked, but he prescribed me these oil, this oil for my ear and my headphones keep like sliding out and it's driving me bananas. Um, have you gotten much traction on your, uh, what's it? What is it? I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Um, your TikTok video that went viral about um, your yeah. ENT. Well, I I want to make an update on what's going on, but as Rachel knows, there's quite a bit that is happening, and I feel like I'm at this point where I just don't know where to begin, and I'll figure it out sooner or later where the heck this story is going to start because there is just my health is quite the journey, if you will. I think the learn the lesson that I've been thinking about for the past couple of days for you is how important it is to be an advocate for your health. Um, it's it, it scheduling appointments, going to the appointments. It can be exhausting and time consuming and annoying, but when when you actually do those things and you get some answers and it's, it's worth it. Uh, and it, it, you just never know what could be going on. Absolutely. And today when I was seeing my neurologist, she, she gave me this clipboard and she was like, any symptom whatsoever, write it down. I don't want you to skip, even if it happened one time, because you don't realize how important the entire context, like the whole story, which is what's going on with me right now is like this entire symphony of things that have been happening that I had just, when you put it all together, it's like, oh, this tells a completely different story than we had, you know, thought, like thought that was going on. And yeah, it's been quite the experience and I do want to share, but just finding the words for it all and just the comfort level is hard to get through because it was just, it was weird. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. That's why my mood was so bad last week, which Rachel yeah. understood that, but yeah, we feel better this week. Yeah. I think we both were a little off, but it's, um, yeah, time helps and tests help and yeah. So for another another epi, yeah, uh, Miranda. Yes, you were at a friend's bridal. Sh no, not bridal shower. Baby shower this past weekend, which I think sparked maybe today's topic. It for did you. actually, because I had been sitting with this for a while on how to really approach this topic about uh, not. I guess really in the essence of friendship and, you know, navigating that as a, a healed person, if you will, is strange kind of like, I don't, I want to get into this so bad. And uh, what, what else were you going to say before? No, I was going to just say like, you can, that's, I think this is what sparked 
this topic idea for you. And I wanted you, if there was anything, any context you wanted to bring into the conversation before we got into it. Well, I will actually circle back to that at the end of what I have kind of put together here. And I'm going to try my best not to read directly from here, but there's just so much goodness and I don't want to miss it. So we'll get started. Yeah, go for it. I wanted to do an episode on people pleasing, toxic friendships and supportive friendships and what these all look like. And most importantly, why people pleasing is, I guess, important to me and maybe you not maybe folks might not realize that they are in a relationship or a friendship. I'm going to use those interchangeably, but for the most part, we're talking about friendships. Uh, you could apply these to a relationship. Like platonic. Yeah. yeah. And I, okay. I think that friendship friendships are relationships. They're just non-sexual. So at yeah. least some of them, I guess. And so I wanted to put together something for people to reference when, I don't know, when you're trying to figure out if this relationship is like, you know, as legitimate as I think that it is. And it's just been weighing so heavily on my mind since I finished this book called The Third Wife. And I called my sister and I had somehow had an epiphany on people pleasing. I don't know where it came from, but I think it was like a culmination of many things that have happened. And yeah, it happened after I read The Third Wife, which I recommend. I recommend. Who is the author? Lisa Jewell. I'm going to send it to you, Rach. It's literally sitting in my car in an envelope. Okay. Send it to me. I uh, just need to go and get it and send it to you. Okay. But just, I just take my time. (laughs) It'll eventually get here. It'll get there. So uh, the the question that I want to ask is what does people pleasing look like? What do you think it looks like, Rach? I think of myself as a recovering people pleaser. And to me... People-pleasing looks like putting others' needs above your own, but they they almost contradict your moral compass. Maybe not even moral compass, but even um, your values or mm-hmm. what you enjoy or don't enjoy, who you are, what you what you like. Um, People pleasing for me could look like suffering a little bit too. Um, that that that's how I would define it. It's it was putting others' needs above my own, and not in a way that's like, oh, well, that's very like selfless of you. Not like that. It's like you are providing yourself comfort temporarily in order for the relationship to just keep moving or yeah, you're you're giving yourself discomfort kind of comfort because rather than addressing it, because addressing things, even this isn't even like on a topic of like addressing conflict. This is literally like a day in day out relationship. Like, and I'll get more into this, but basically if you are 
like a, a conversation that you're having with somebody and you're trying to base your answers off of what you think that this person wants to hear, that is in effect a people pleasing tactic. I agree. And at its core, it's inauthentic. And that's where the problem lies. I think now I get why you said it's a, uh, a subconscious form of manipulation. It is. And I, I have no, you know, I'm not a, a hateful person. I don't, and th I hope that this conversation doesn't sound like I'm just taking a big old shit on top of people pleasers. That's not what I'm trying to do. I am just trying to help people have better relationships with everybody around them because you deserve a better relationship with people. Nobody needs to be suffering. Yeah. No, no, it's no. funny because I'm now sitting here thinking about it and I'm like, I don't know how subconscious it was because your motives for people pleasing can be can be self-serving a little bit uh -huh. yeah it's like the most nicest way of being narcissistic and it's just most purest most beautiful form and i'm being very generous by saying that like if you're trying to do things to make people like you yeah because you can control it yeah yeah, I can see just something I've done. <laughs> and that's where I struggle with being friends with the people pleaser. I see when they turn it on and turn it off. And that is also just like, a, again, as somebody that has is been through therapy for a while, I can see these things clear as day. And it just gives me, I guess, the it. Yeah, this is really revealing for me because I'm like, I've done, like, I, I do this. I have done this too. And I'm trying to like, think of not necessarily an example, but just an understanding, you know, cause I have, I will do things to please or, or, you know, say things that please people, but I do them with the intent that it will serve me in the future if I build up this relationship and make them think that they like me and that I'm trustworthy and. <laughs> okay. There's, there's a difference of making somebody feel comfortable around you. And that's just being who you are and at your core. Mm -hmm. So like my therapist the other day, she said, people, honest people like, how she would describe me. I mean, she knows me now. And she said, people would find that refreshing. And I said back to her, I hear that a lot, that I'm refreshing. And I didn't really quite understand why. And I think it's just because I don't, I don't do these. I, I just kind of like in me, does that make yeah. sense? No, it does. And I think, gosh, I'm probably, I'm, I don't mean to be gassing myself. It's not what I'm trying to do. Cause I, I've heard that for many years, just that I'm a, a refreshing and I didn't quite understand that. Well, I think you, I think you should talk about your example of like what people pleasing looks like in real, in real time, real time, yes. real life, whatever. I think you have a good example. I do. And it, it makes me so happy that I had this put together. For example, I ask you to join my volleyball team and 
you hate volleyball and you join anyway for a quote unquote, and I have air quotes here, sacrifice to make me happy. On the surface, this looks fine. You are going out of your way to make me happy. But I'm not even aware of this sacrifice with the quotes, sacrifice. I think we're, I'm not aware of the sacrifice and I think we are having a grand old time and bonding. That's my perspective. Mm -hmm. Imagine that in the upcoming months, you make all these little sacrifices over time and I'm someone that hasn't quote unquote, gone out of my way from your perspective, what does that build? Resentment. Yeah. That was when you explained this story to me, I was like, that's you resent the other person. person. Yeah. And unbeknownst to me, (laughs) I have no idea what's going on. Now, from your perspective, I haven't made all these sacrifices that may make you feel some kind of way. I can't remember where I was going with that one. Sorry, guys. I guess an unbaked thought there. So unbeknownst to me, I have entered into some relationship that I didn't consent to. I didn't consent to this sacrificial relationship here. And that's where the, uh, the problem is. Now, imagine a scenario where I ask you to join my volleyball team and you say to me, I hate volleyball, but I'm going to do it anyway because I love you and I want to spend time with you. How different is that? Very. And like, do you think that there is now, is there a difference in those two examples where someone is voicing the fact that they, you know, I don't like this activity. It's not my favorite, but I do want to spend time with you. So I want to go along with you. Is that very different from just agreeing to do something and not voicing that this is an activity that you don't necessarily enjoy? So that there is a difference there. And the difference lies in, I now know that you are doing something just to literally just for the purpose of making me happy. And Mm -hmm. if I'm a, a sane person, how I react is your cue if this is a good relationship or not. If Mm -hmm. in the scenario, you know, you ask me to join your football team and I say, absolutely, even though I hate football, that's another bonding experience. But if I say, heck no, I'm not joining that. I hate volleyball or I hate football. That also gives you insight into this person maybe not willing to you know, go the extra mile for you. And even so, like these are boundaries. And if somebody has Mm -hmm. a clear boundary, that's something that you kind of have to respect. And if, you know, you, not you specifically, but the people pleaser, whoever it is, if they have loose boundaries, like how is that supposed to be a problem with me if if I'm not taking advantage of them, right? This is the end of it. This is under the guise of I'm not taking advantage of said people pleaser because that does end up happening quite a bit. Quite a bit. It's kind of fascinating. I, I haven't I didn't get into that because that's that's a whole different ball game over there. So I hope that that scenario Go I on. do. I think it helps to like define what it can look like in relationships and give you some insight into from I wanted an honest friendship. And when someone, the people pleaser, isn't honest about what they need from me, 
it isn't honest. It isn't authentic. That's where the problem is. Where do you feel about all this? Uh, it's tough because like I said, I think I'm a recovering people pleaser. Now, I think I've gotten to a point where I do express like I really don't do anything if I don't want to or I will make it known that like this is not my cup of tea, but because I do want to spend time with you and because your relationship is important to me, I will do it, right? Like same with same with in relationships, you know. If we're watching television and Chad really enjoys this one show, but I'm don't like it. Like there's compromise in this, right? Like I'm going to watch the show with him because, and he knows, he's probably knows that he knows that like, it's not my cup of tea, but you know, we share a a TV and I want to spend time with him. So we're going to watch his show. And I think that's harmless. I do think it's harmful when you're in a situation where you are in a relationship with somebody who doesn't voice their boundaries or voice their likes and dislikes with you. And you just assume that everything's gravy and you guys have all of these things in common. And it does feel like a very inauthentic relationship. I'm with you. Right. And over time, imagine you never voice anything about yourself. Imagine you are losing, you're losing your identity. The further you go into these relationships, friendships, whatever, you're going to just try to emulate this person for the sake of what? Yeah. And now I I, I was reading Miranda's notes and she was talking about like, it's a loss of uh, almost a form of loss of identity. And I was, had to really think through that one and just talking through it right now. It makes sense because you don't, you you almost, yeah. You don't. Well, tree in the wind. A tree in the wind. Or like, what are those um, things that are at car dealerships that (laughs) just, what are they called? I don't know. Like the balloon something? The balloon people (laughs) at the car dealership. Yeah. (laughs) No, so I'm with you. I, I don't think I'm in any, I don't have any of those relationships right now, I would say. I think I have relationships that are, that are comfortable voicing, you know, their boundaries with me. Yes. And I think for me, I I do think most of the time I am, it depends on if it's something I'm kind of working through on my own first before Mm -hmm. I want to share it with other, you know, with, with my friends that, that certain boundary. So. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult to navigate because at the, At the core of people pleasers is this fear of rejection and fear of abandonment and just a paralyzing fear of loneliness. And Mm -hmm. that sounds terrible, but also these are, those fears are also shared with fears of narcissists as well. And that is crazy because at the end of the day, a narcissist is only afraid of just being alone. Yeah. It's funny because like I used to identify myself as like someone who was like a chameleon who could just kind of form to, I could let anybody, I could have a conversation with anybody and they would 
and find a way to connect with someone. Mm-hmm. And Ewan, what did you just say about the, like the, oh, fear of just rejection, abandonment. I just think I over, I had an overarching, I just wanted to be liked, to get validation, to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. And of course, like those, those feelings are so incredibly valid and it's sad that people feel like they have to stuff down who they are in order to maintain friendships. But when you do that, it's not a quality friendship. It's not a, a, a quality, um, relationship because it's all based on this other person, this person that doesn't even exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, the person sorry, that the you're person, mm-hmm. the other person and you as the people pleaser who like, you just don't have any, you have no thoughts on your own. Like, come on. I know you do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. have thoughts and feelings on your own. I think though, when you're a people pleaser, <clears throat> you don't, you haven't given yourself the time to figure out who you are. Absolutely. I will say that. Cause you're so worried about you know, maintaining friendships and Mm -hmm. holding these people close to you. And I don't necessarily blame people for doing that. It's much better than being on the opposite side of the narcissistic scale and just being this awful person that controls and manipulates and makes people go crazy. Yeah. I would like, there's like a, there's a sliding scale to that. Mm -hmm. And spectrum. Yeah. Just like many, many things. There's just a, a spectrum to things. And it's just all, I found it to be so fascinating. And now I can't stop thinking about all the times where, first of all, I have very little experience with people pleasers, but recently I have gained some experience with uh, people pleasers, not you. I never knew that you were. Rachel and I have a completely different relationship, but um, (laughs) I, yeah, I never got that from you. But now that I have gained this experience, I just, I see it in so many ways and see the tactics that I possess myself and that my husband does himself, like his his self too. And like how many ways that we are putting ourselves in a position to just not be authentic. Mm -hmm. And every time you are not authentic in your relationship or friendship, the relationship suffers. I agree. It's tough because like I've been there. So it's me too. Like me too. I hear you. I've definitely done many things that have, I'm not a quote unquote people pleaser myself, but like I I have tendencies. We all do. And we Mm -hmm. all just need to stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Don't do it anymore. It's just tough because I I was, or I would say recovering. I think there are sometimes. Right. I have people please like a recovering people pleasing tactics, but they, 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 I think also it comes with time and reflection maturity. Yeah. I mean, cause I don't anymore really anymore, but I would say it wasn't that long ago, you know, probably three or four years ago I was, st- I was doing things like that. And even as simple as I remember I was talking to a friend, I was like, you, you need to be able to pick what you want to wear without asking someone else's opinion. 
and you're like being okay with it. And like, that's how you start to figure out absolutely who, who, who you are, what you like, what you don't like and stand firm in that. It's like those baby steps. And that's just where I started. It was like, do I like this shirt? Do I like this dress? Okay. Well, like, if I like it, I'm going to wear it. I don't ask opinions hardly anymore on, especially when it comes to like clothes or things like that. And even unless it's really a decision that I'm uncertain of or need the assistance of someone who's been in a similar position, I'm, I really look within to make those decisions. And if people haven't done that, they don't realize how difficult that is because the Mm -hmm. urge and speaking from experience, like I, I do love getting people's opinions on my outfits because I feel like I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, does this look good? And if you force yourself to not do that, it's very challenging to mm-hmm. not reach out and think of all the ways that, um, like, I think we talked about decor, like just decorating our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, what do I want? Not this person that I have painted myself to be in an effort to maintain all these relationships. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, and I- go yeah, on, go, go on. on. No, I think it's just kind of, I want to like bring us back because, or give some structure. It's, I think we did a great job identifying what people pleasing can look like and some mm-hmm. examples with that. And now we're really into understanding, okay, well, how do you pull yourself out of that? How, what does, what are some baby steps that you can do? Um, and the, and I think definitely starting with like clothes and having some reflection of understanding what you do like and and what I think you had you were going on a point I just wanted to do a summary recap well I would say a great way to start is making yourself uncomfortable because the the people pleasing the people pleaser is allowing themselves the comfort of not addressing conflict not addressing yeah I would agree they're allowing themselves the, I'm just going to let this slide because it's much easier that way. But if you just keep doing that over and over and over again, you've all, again, you've lost a piece of you. You lose a piece of you and that that's not good. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is address the conflicts. I Be agree. Uncomfortable. That's- Yes, that's a, that's one that took me a long time to start to do too. And it's not that it's not like you have to address the conflict right away. Like maybe we give people grace, you know, like no one's perfect. So everyone has bad days. But let's say it becomes a pattern and you're like, you know, if you continue you as my friend, if you continue to do these things, I can't like I can't be friends with you or our relationship would look really different. But yes, getting comfortable. I completely agree. Getting comfortable with confrontation because I was someone who avoided it like the plague. Mm-hmm. It was not something that I would address. And I do think that is a people-pleasing tactic, again, to just make sure everything's status quo. Everything's okay. You don't want to rock the boat. You want to make sure everybody's happy. That's like one of those those tactics that you can, you can yeah. uh, lean on. I, I think another way to work through this is therapy 
I know I say it every fucking episode, <laughs> but it will help you. I think it genuinely you'll need, if you are a people pleaser, like I have described, not people pleasing tendencies. We're talking like your life through and through is based on those around you. Absolutely seek help for that because that's going to be a hard place to navigate all in itself. That's my thoughts. No, I agree. Uh, I think it helped you be able to synthesize your thoughts and help you come to these conclusions and these examples that were great. So I, I mean, I think to each their own, I, like I said, I've not in the past episodes, you know, I've tried and maybe I will do it in the future, but some of this has been self-taught for, for me. Um, but I was going to say something about people pleasing. I lost my train of thought. Oh, relatable. It can feel scary to put yourself out there and to let people know who you are, what you stand for, what's important to you. And even in the case of conflict and and standing up for yourself and and saying, hey, this is a boundary for me, or this is something that I need from you. You would be surprised at how many people actually gain so much more respect for you when you when you do take the initiative and when you do say what is on your mind or what you're thinking or what you do and don't like. It it actually You'd be surprised. Most people's reaction would be like, hey, you know, I didn't know that. And now that I do know that, I can be a better friend for you. Thank you for telling me. That's a, I'm actually going to circle back to that perfect because I kind of wrote a description on that. So basically what you're saying is there's safety behind the mask. So like you wear this mask, right? But then when you take off the mask, like you'll, I, I I feel like there's just this massive relief that is so much more worth it than to be that chameleon. Cause like that has to be exhausting. That's the way mm-hmm. I see it. I could like cry thinking about it. It's sad. I had no I idea used to that. Use that too. I always felt like I was wearing a mask. That's wild. I had no idea that mm-hmm. you, can you hear them? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I had no idea that you were like that. Again, Rachel and I had a very different relationship where uh, I think that she was just you know, just different with me, I guess. I don't know. You uh, noticed dangers as a child. And when you were... When you were denied love and denied caring and denied affection when you really needed it, that's where this comes from. Yeah, I can see that. And that's why it breaks I mean, it's a my defense. Heart. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's a mechanism. Yeah. It's a coping. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And again, many, the, the, uh, with the coping mechanisms, there's many of them, right? There's, there's eating disorders. That's a coping mechanism, drinking, drugs, gambling. It's all, we all just exhibit them differently. And, um, at the end of the day, it's all just based on, uh, you know, bad things, I guess. Trauma. <laughs> so, 
So I want to circle back to what you were saying about the boundaries and speaking those boundaries. So I wrote this out for you. If I asked you to bring me lunch to work because I had forgotten it, right? I forgot my lunch and you had no time to do it and you'd be late to work if you did bring me my lunch, but you agreed to do it anyway. On the way to bring me my lunch, you are just seething because you are feeling put out. Now imagine you had said, no, I can't make it a boundary. What would happen? If I'm a sane person, what am I going to say? Of course you can't. That's okay. Thank yeah. you anyway. That's I'll what ask somebody else. Yeah. That is quite all right. I'll order DoorDash because I'm an idiot and I forgot my lunch. Like it happens. If I'm a shit person, I will get angry with you, despite this being a problem that I created anyway. That's the difference. And that's how a people pleaser needs to navigate these situations when they do draw a boundary. If somebody reacts really badly, that's your cue to back out. Yeah, that's a good point. I I agree. And thankfully, I was on the end of this where I was dealing with sane people and everyone was very accepting of when I did decide to come into my own. Um, Correct. Yeah. But there I do see it does help you understand. Okay. If these people do act erratically or make it make me feel bad about setting that boundary, then it's probably not an individual that you want to continue to have a, a, you know, healthy relationship with. Exactly. I agree. And that's how that that's always been my cue when I go to set a boundary and somebody reacts poorly. Well, you just got to go. We don't have time for this. Yeah. It may sound vicious, but at first in the beginning stages, I encourage cutting ties. We can talk about getting those ties back later. But for the purposes of healing, make your space very safe. And that's why you are where you are now, because you have felt safe with Chad. You have felt safe, Mm -hmm. safe with your group of friends. You know, I I think that's where the growth happens is where safety is and security. Now, I know that we've been going on about people pleasers, but I did want to touch on like, what does a toxic friendship look like? And what does a supportive friendship look like? Because a toxic friendship, when you're in a relationship with a a people pleaser, it is toxic. Yeah, I would agree. And if it, it, because, uh, you know, say, uh, you know, back to our story of me being a non-people pleaser and you being the people pleaser in this scenario. I have an idea of what our friendship is, and it's not that at all. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't like that. It's that inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me sad. You know, I want the, the, at least for me, the people I want around me, because in this scenario, I'm a sane person and I, I want my people around me to feel good about themselves. I want them to be happy. And if you're constantly doing these sacrifices or, you know, uh, I ask you if your favorite color, what your favorite color is, and you decide that your favorite color is whatever mine is. Mm -hmm. Like those are just small ways of just not 
being a a good friend, unfortunately. I think if, even if we just go over what, you know, what are the qualities of a good friend and that'll help us like pull out, okay, the opposite of this would look like this. Mm -hmm. That'll help set the stage of like good qualities of friends and then toxic qualities of a toxic friendship. So, well, I kind of wrote it opposite kind of, well, I I think I, the reason I didn't finish this is because I wanted us to you know, discuss maybe some examples. Maybe I, I don't know. But... See, I personally have not had many toxic friendships. Mm. I haven't had a ton either. But I wanted to say that toxic people can come in all different, all different shapes and sizes, all different flavors. Like there is, they all, it all looks different. It can vary from, again, a people pleaser to where very innocent seeming to all the way you leave that scenario of hanging out with that friend and you feel insanely exhausted. You Mm -hmm. feel hurt. You feel confused and you feel lonely. If you feel lonely after hanging out with a friend, that is a massive sign that something is wrong. Yeah, I would agree. Because it should be very fulfilling. Right. So there I have a, a new friend here and every time we, you know, separate, like make our separate ways, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Yeah. And that's how I you're agree. supposed to feel with a supportive friend. Dude, Lynn, let's get into qualities of good friends because I've got some good ones. Do you? Because I would love to, I'm i I'm all ears because I'm still yeah. learning this myself. Well, you touched on the first one, which I think is supportive friendships. And mm-hmm. I want to I want to explain this. I think supportive of morally sound decisions, projects, et cetera, dis- like any change that you are making in your life, if it's morally sound. So for me, let's just do an example. Okay. So let's say I decide I want to stop drinking this is something that supports my mental health. I I want to be around. I want to have friends that support that decision. Okay. But let's say, you know, I'm, I'm married. I, we all go, go out to the club and I am flirting with another guy and you are supportive of that decision or that behavior. That is not okay. So I, I want to make sure that I, you know, explain the difference of being supportive of morally sound decisions that align with the values that maybe I've expressed to you or that you've expressed to me that you are okay with boundaries that you're okay with. In that same, in that same regard, respecting it. So you can be supportive, but you should also respect it as well. Does that make sense? I agree. Yes. Yes, I agree. There is no, um, what is that when, uh, the, it would be passive aggressive at that point, right? Well, yeah, because you can say like, yeah, I support you're not drinking, but like, I'm gonna make fun of you for not, like, that's oh, not respected. Oh, no, that is not respecting. That you is know? shit. That's shit. So supportive sure. and respective of your, of morally sound decisions, changes, projects like projects when I say like you know for me like in the last couple of years like launching a business being supportive of that being supportive of like 
being online and things like that, doing this podcast, right? So that's also what sparked, you know, this conversation is um, I had two friends that listened to every single episode and that just, it's like, I, the fact that like my friends are supporting me is such a good feeling. And it's, Mm -hmm. it means, it means so much more in comparison to a stranger listening for some reason. Oh, for sure. When your friends are like, hey, I just listened to this blah, blah, blah about such and such thing on this episode. And I'm my heart just explodes because somebody I love is showing their love for me. Yeah, for sure. And they, they and I think about this too. It's because you and I, if our friends were doing something like this too, we would be the first one listening on Friday mornings. The first person to text them and be like, yo, this is what I thought about this episode. Like, I think because we are so – of, of this list of qualities that I've put out here, like, this is the one that I will say, like, I excel at. I will support you and respect any decision that you make through and through, mm-hmm. um, especially if you are doing something that feels scary, that feels impossible, like, I – I'm your girl, like, come talk to me, tell me, and I'm going to support you no matter what. Yeah. You're a hype woman for sure. I yes, like to think of myself as one too. I, I think you have, are too. I have a hard time when, you know, a friend is making not a great decision. That's a hard one. And it's really difficult to navigate those. I'm not going to lie. And I think that goes along with the conflict, like standing up for those, you know, something that goes against what you may believe or, you know, value, moral compass, that sort of thing. But it's okay. I think in a in a healthy relationship, being able to voice those concerns and you can say it with love, you know, like, hey, I see you do this. It doesn't align with what you've told me. You know, what's going on? Like, is there something else going on? Just talk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the second note of that is I want to be friends with people who can connect with me on a deeper level without like gossip, um, surface level conversations. It has, I have to be for me to feel fulfilled. It has to be like, let's talk about like our worries, fears, dreams, things of that nature that feel that I'm getting to know who you are. Like I said, even just those values, what, what, uh, what's important to you. I have a great example of this. So for my husband and I, I will come up, I'll ask him like a, a, this kind of like, I'm not going to get into the politics of this, but like, I'll give him a problem that is a current problem in politics. And I'm like, how would you solve this? What's your thought process behind this? And what's the solution here in if in your perfect world? Like those are questions that we try to go back and forth on. And because it has kind of nothing to do with us, but at least we're getting to know how each other's brains kind of work. And I think yeah, that's I love that. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear the things that we all come up with. But yeah. I mean, some of them would probably be really hard, you know. That's the point. Yeah. They're really, Mm -hmm. it's really challenging for sure. But 
It's really interesting. No, that's a good one. Um, do and feel free to like I made a list, but if you have things, like feel free to add. Uh I probably do, but um I'm not thinking as fast as I want to right now. <laughs> okay, just interject. Um the third thing I put here is I it goes along with support. So you can support me in the good, but I also need you when things go south. So knowing oh, a fair that weather I, friend. That's yes. what it's called. Okay. Well, fair weather friend. Mm-hmm. I need to know you're there for when things aren't great. Um and then just the same is when things are and I have a new accomplishment that I'm really proud of. In that, I wanted I want you to celebrate with me as well. No, I agree. So basically a fair weather friend is someone that is there for all the good weather. And then when things aren't great and you're suffering in some way and you reach out to them and they just kind of brush you off, that is a fair weather friend. And those are really, really, really painful. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks. I've experienced that recently and it's, it's a challenge. Like, um, well, I've been keeping, you know, uh, one of my friends really updated on what's going on physically speaking with me. And she's just so, no matter what time of day, like no matter what's going on, she's responding to me and helping me get through this because it's, it's been a lot. And she, she's been like this for years and years and years and years. And I have been the same with her. And that's why I also drove to Ohio to uh, see her on her baby shower, which is what sparked this. Because now I'll say a supportive friend looks like this. And I'm going to gas myself up here is me driving six and a half hours to go to my friend's baby shower, even though it was just for a few hours, the baby shower itself, and drive home fully knowing that my friend who is about to have a baby, she can't make that turn like that trip back. She's Mm -hmm. not gonna be able to do that for like a year, maybe even longer. And I know that. And I have no expectation of that being returned. I'm doing this because I want to, because I want to show my support. That is, of course, this is an extreme example because not everybody has the time and ability to drive six and a half hours, but the intention is what matters is that I'm not doing this for the purpose of getting something in return. Now that is a toxic, toxic trait. Well, and that was something I was going to bring up. It's like having realistic, a conversation of realistic expectations with your friends. I've always sought out low maintenance friends. I have one who's she used to be very high maintenance. She's not anymore. But um, what is a low maintenance? Low, low maintenance means just like I don't have to text you all day every day. I don't have to call you every day. I don't. You don't expect me to answer every single call that you make, you know, or every text. That's a low maintenance friends. Or you don't have expectations of how often we hang out, and that's what I mean by a low maintenance friends and, and getting clear on like expectations of how, you know, what that, what our friendship looks like. I I have to be friends with people who know for me that like, 
I'll te- like I'll text you back. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'll text you back. Mm-hmm. Or um you know, you may not see me for several months, but like I'm still your friend. And and I you can argue too about just priorities and what relationships are important to you and which ones aren't. And I agree with you to a degree. I I just have very specific boundaries when it does come to, you know, answering text messages, answering phone calls and being like that becking call that we've kind of talked about. Here is the, so if that's how you want to present yourself in a friendship, as long as you're okay with that being presented back to you. Yes. Now, if you are who you are and you expect friends on demand, that is a, an example of you would be the toxic friend in that scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, and I, and like I said, this is, I, friends have to go through stages for me. Like they kind of like earn their spot. Okay. This sounds bad, but like. You have a filing cabinet. No, no, no. It's just like if friends who I've been friends with for years and years and years, they get a faster response, right? Like they just, they, they do. Um, they'll all answer their call, that sort of thing. They've like kind of earned their spot and not to say that like the friends that it's just, it's different. Like, cause I have to, you can't prioritize everyone all at once for me, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and you slowly kind of like build your ranks when <laughs> sounds so bad, it but does. it just, it helps me. It helps me as like, we've become closer friends and you confide more in me. It's like once as we start to build that relationship, as it becomes more deep, less surface level, and then you kind of earn that spot. Does that make sense? And you become more of a priority. Okay. It makes sense. It's, um, it sounds a little exhausting, but maybe it's not. It, it is exhausting for me if I'm like texting like 10 different, you know, like I, I'm not doing that. That sort of thing. I would argue that that's the result of being a people pleaser. Now you have so many motherfuckers in your life. I don't. I really don't. Like, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I've just got a lot of people texting me, I think. It sounds like it. I think I probably do, too, and I just don't read them. Maybe not. See? You get it. (laughs) I do sometimes. I also, like, I have this problem of, like, it's a, it's a legitimate problem, I feel like, because I respond to a text in my head, and then I just go about my day. <laughs> yeah, you've told me that before. It's a, it's a severe problem. I do it constantly, and I just can't seem to fix it, and I just am going to go ahead and blame ADHD for that. Not, yeah. my, not my problem anymore. I feel like that sounds so bad. I don't want, like what I was just saying, I'm reflecting it on doesn't. it. It doesn't. No, it doesn't sound bad. It's just how I prioritize. Yeah. I think that it makes sense. You can't spend your entire day. My thing is like, if I hang out with you at least once a month, like you're important to me, (laughs) if that helps. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. I, I feel like I work a little differently. Um, so I have a, a smaller group of people, but when you're in, I am fiercely loyal. And he's a Leo. <laughs> I can't even help it. I uh, I just get like I I can't really explain it. I really can't. 
but you're just a good person, Miranda. I try to be. I, I I really do try to be. I I guess it's not try. I just try to be myself, and that's what happens when I when I allow myself to be when I allow myself to do myself thing. I uh, yeah become a really nice person, but it just takes me a minute to warm up sometimes. So to all the people that don't know me and you meet me and you're like, what's wrong with her? Just like, I just need a little warm up. I'm not a first impression girl. See, I am. <laughs> That's why I need a, uh, I need a wingman in terms of, I just give me that, get like, just allow me to skip the first impression and yeah, that's basically it. Anyway, I think that we it's have a, I know. covered this pretty well. Okay. Well, listen, I hope that this helped in any way. It's going to be a challenge for you people pleasers out there. Can't relate. <laughs> I'm just Reach out if you are. Let's talk about it. I, I think we all have people pleasing tendencies that we got to iron out and um, just reflecting, allow yourself to reflect. Okay. Don't fight the reflection. And anyway, don't fight the reflection. <laughs> I, um, I read something I don't remember and I really connected with it when I was trying to figure out who I was, I suppose that sounds so Corny. philosophical. Yes. But being unapologetically yourself is, was something, it was a word that, like a phrase that I took with me often. And it, it, there's, um, there's a lot of power and freedom in that. And maybe you resonate with that too. Just wanting to be unapologetically you. There's so much beauty in it. I have, I have a lot to say about that, but I can't go into that now. But yeah, a hundred percent. It's, okay, well, it's a good thing to do. Let's like, follow, and hit us up on Instagram and let us mm -hmm. know what you want us to talk about. Oh, yeah, please. We're open to suggestions, but I'll talk about anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good weekend, folks.